0: Quantum computing, fundamentally, is the best way to process information based on the laws of physics as we know them. I had constructed what I thought of as the generalisation of the universal Turing machine. Can an astonishingly powerful new realm of computation be found within the quantum world? Will researchers ever realise the goal of what they call quantum supremacy? And what would it mean for our society if they did? From its fundamental building blocks, to the ultimate goal of a truly universal quantum computer. Join me, Oxford Professor of Philosophy, Peter Millikan, as I explore this and many other questions
1: on the Future Makers podcast, available today from wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Future Tech Health podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reach the age 40... Or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career. Will give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and the Future Tech Health podcast. And I have a great guest today. Her name is Sasha Stevens. She's the author of uh, The Effortless Sleep Method. The uh, website is sleepforlife.com. Um, so, Sasha, thanks for coming on. I know it's a bit late for you over there in uh, the UK, but I appreciate thank you being you. here.
0: Well, thank you, Richard. Thanks for inviting me. And um, it is a little bit late, but it's um, it's only six o'clock. I think uh, i can manage to stay up okay. for a bit longer.
1: <laughs> well, good. And yeah, I know people that uh, have, you know, or people that study sleep always tend to have their own sleep issues and sleep journeys. So can you tell me a little bit about your, uh, your experience yeah. with sleep over the years and what's changed?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, my, um, my, my sleep journey, I suppose, you could say, started way back way back when I was in university, when I was about 23 years old. For the first 23 years of my life, I slept like a well, like a baby, never even thought about it, like most people on this planet. I never really thought about sleep at all, just something that happened every night. And then when I went to university... Uh, a combination of all sorts of things meant that a, a sleep problem kicked in. I, uh, I started to, to have bad nights and then a few more and I didn't really know what to do about it. Ended up, as most people do, going to the doctor, getting some sleeping pills. And that's when things really went from bad to worse. Um, and that was the beginning of a of a 15-year problem. Uh, it, it turned into real chronic insomnia where I would go days and days and days without really any sleep at all. It took over my life for fifteen fifteen miserable years. So yeah, that's my that's my that's the negative story of my um of my insomnia. Um
1: yeah, that's and, crazy. you know yeah. And it, tell me a little bit about what you discovered about insomnia, not just for yourself but for other people you've spoken to. Like why does it maybe it's obvious, but why does it take over people's lives? How does it take over their life?
0: What's well, the, the descent
1: is- into it like?
0: Insomnia—it's—I mean, having having a bad night of sleep, having the odd bad night of sleep, or even the odd run run of bad nights—is completely and absolutely normal. And I think this is something we don't we don't allow people to realize. We don't tell people enough is that missing a, a night here or there is just it's just nothing. It's like I don't know, like having a headache or a bad tummy or something. It it's something that generally goes away on its own. The reason that people suffer, in my experience, the reason that people suffer for years and years and years sometimes, and the reason that I suffered for such a long time. Um, is because of what we then do about it. We, we, First of all, imagine we have some enormously difficult problem to overcome, that we have some sort of disease that requires treating. We go to the doctor, we take drugs for it, we, tr- we start throwing all sorts of things at the problem without actually realizing that the more you do about insomnia sometimes, the worse it becomes. It's a strange kind of irony with insomnia. The more attention you give it, the worse it can become. So people become people end up becoming obsessed with their problem, and of course, the the worse the insomnia gets, the more obsessed they get, and the more obsessed they get, the worse the insomnia gets, and it's a it's a horrible vicious circle to get into. Um, and this is, I think, why insomnia becomes so bad for people and goes on for such a long time. It's just a normal little run of bad sleep that we've done all the wrong things with um, and managed to turn it into a into something that can be really chronic, can can, can almost last a lifetime if if it isn't isn't nipped in the bud
1: so how did you end up coming out of it what uh what broke the cycle of, of not sleeping and worrying well about for
0: it? me it it was it was actually bizarrely it was a it was sort of like i'm a what do we call it a freak accident it was a bizarre experience where i i 'd been convinced to go away on um, on a holiday on a vacation for a couple of weeks so it was an adventure holiday, one of these ones where you do kayaking and and you make a camp and you, you light fires and, and you you learn how to t- how to tie knots and things like this and i basically i I had two weeks away from my normal crazy routines, away from all the things I normally did, away from the bad sleep hygiene and the bad sleep routine that I'd, that i 'd set up at home. And I began to away on the holiday, I actually began to sort of forget about my problem. And I at some point I I kind of stepped back and could see the problem sort of from afar and realized that all that time I I'd basically been feeding the problem myself. I'd been creating it myself in my mind. I could see just how much I had been doing to to reinforce it and to keep it strong. Um, with all the attention I'd been giving it and with all the things I'd been doing it. I could just I could just sort of see it objectively, almost for the first time ever. Instead of being lost in the insomnia, I could see it from out, from outside, and that's really when it it all started to change for me. Um, I put into place a few good habits. I sort of cut out some of the really bad things I'd been doing, like having naps all over the place and lying in really really late in the in the in the in the mornings. Uh, I stopped taking all sleeping pills and my insomnia started to disappear and over the years it became better and better and better until, well, I can quite honestly say right now, I, I think I probably sleep better than pretty much everybody. I know <laughs> whenever I talk to anyone, I, oh wow.
1: mm-hmm.
0: everyone I everyone, everyone I speak to these days seems to be having problems with sleep. Um And I just don't, it's, it's, it's just become a thing of the past for me. My, what I do now is I, I just, Try to help people to get where I am, I help people to see what I've seen um that's my passion, really. It's my passion helping to see people helping people to see that great sleep is actually available for all of us it it's it's not you know this is not some great disease that we need to treat with with medicine or or with with some sort of special device it is sleep is an innate ability that we all have we're all born with it, and as far as I'm concerned, it's still there. It's still perfect in every single one of us. And as the years go on, I become more and more and more convinced of this. No one is broken. No one has a disease. All they have is is you know, some unhelpful thinking and some unhelpful habits that are getting in the way of that. Letting that natural ability, that natural ability to sleep come out and show itself. Um, and, you know, my what life... Yeah, sorry, carry on, Richard.
1: How did, how did you have the fortitude to stick through it once you stopped taking sleeping pills and once you, uh, you know, to, to stop taking naps and do all that stuff? Because it seems like someone may be told that advice and try it for a day and then feel even worse and getting through that hump. You know,
0: getting help. over that, that first bit, the, the funny thing is about getting over insomnia, the. That first bit, going from really dreadful sleep, and this seems to be the case for most people I deal or well, almost everybody I deal with, going from really dreadful sleep to kind of okay sleep, that's actually quite easy. That's, the, that's not a difficult thing to do. Really, the, okay, getting some good sleep habits in place, for example, uh, a, just a bit of good sleep hygiene, a bit of relaxation, and a little bit of positive thinking, that was, is normally enough to take someone from a really desperate patch of sleep into something that's a little bit better and from a little bit better you can then start to to grow the confidence that's certainly what happened with me i became a little bit better almost immediately um uh, it it's it's not the case that you know you have to have this you've got no sleep and suddenly you need to go absolutely cold turkey with giving up the the drugs for example that's something i would never ever recommend in fact it can be quite dangerous to give up to give up sleeping pills immediately overnight like that um We'd always, I'd always recommend cutting down extremely slowly. For one, because of the physical, sometimes the physical um, symptoms of of dependency, but also just for your own peace of mind, for for your own confidence. Because, as you say, it's just too difficult for a person just to say, "Okay, gonna gonna start sleeping better from now on. Not gonna take my sleeping pills anymore from now on. They're all over." I would never suggest that. In fact, I tell people to cut down as slowly as they. Slowly as they want, really, as slowly as they possibly can, just so that their so that their confidence has a chance to catch up um, as they begin sleeping better.
1: So, what are some of the things you mentioned, like sleep hygiene and sleep habits and timings?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, like there are three. I mean, I suppose my my advice falls into sort of three sort of three categories. First of all, is sleep hygiene, and most a lot of people have heard of sleep hygiene before, and a lot of people dismiss sleep hygiene because they they feel like they've been there, done that. Yeah. Sleep hygiene is just, just basically refers to sort of the going to bed habits, the being in bed habits, um, the things specifically to do with actually being in bed and the bedroom. These things, these are things like not taking naps, getting up at the same time every day, um, these sorts of things. Um, And now these are, I I will just point out that I, I would never suggest that sleep hygiene would Cure a chronic problem, and this is often why people reject sleep hygiene because they try it a bit and it doesn't really make a great deal of difference. Uh, so they they think it's it's you know it's not going to work for them that their problem maybe is just too bad to be to be treated with something as simple as sleep hygiene. But I still recommend sleep hygiene is essential. It, it's essential. It's an essential sort of background step. Of, uh, uh, to, it's for, I, I say that it, it's good for setting sort of the foundation for good sleep to happen. So getting those. Um, those sort of going to bed habits really firm and, and, and really good help to help to just set that sort of like baseline, That okay, we're going to get the conditions just right for sleep to occur. We're going to get a, a, a nice strong association of bed and sleep to, to start kicking in. So that's what sleep hygiene is all about. Um, the second thing I recommend well, is just getting, a, okay. The right. second thing I recommend is, um, is just to get a bit of, um, of relaxation going on. Now, I mean, I call it, it doesn't have to be relaxation. I call it de-stressing actually, because for some people it, the relaxation, the relaxation they need to do is get a bit of exercise. But, you know, a lot of us have an awful lot of sort of uh, physical tension going on. This is besides any, any type of emotional stress. I'm talking about the physical tension involved in, you know, a lot of us sit all day, eight hours in a chair. And by the, by the end of the day, we're kind of all tense and curled up and, you know, (laughs) we probably need to we need to let go of a bit of that tension. So I always recommend that everybody just incorporate some sort of relaxation into their day. It could just be a, a thirty-minute walk, or it could be something like meditation. Once again, this is part of the sort of background conditions, uh, that just to make sure that everything's in place that for sleep, good sleep to occur. So you know, all other things considered, all of, for all other things being equal, sleep will occur once we've got those background conditions right.
1: As It seems like people associate, you know, oh, uh, my bed's uncomfortable. That's why I'm not sleeping. Or, you know, the dogs bark and that's why I'm not sleeping. And those are things maybe that happen at night or during sleep. But I don't know if they're associating what happens during the day. Like, for instance, uh, I didn't get any daylight today until several hours later because it was overcast. And I slept badly and I didn't realize that could have affected my sleep. Or I had caffeine, you know, 10 hours before I went to bed but it's still like killed my sleep or, you know, this happened yeah. during the day. It was really stressful and that affected my sleep. Do, do people make the connection between what happens during the day and sleep or really only the night and sleep? And do you see this connection between everything you do in sleep?
0: Every, well, first, the, there are two points there. One is that um, people make connections between everything and everything <laughs> and anything. When people are suffering with insomnia, they are generally, they their minds will search all over the place for a reason for this. Uh, they will possibly blame it on the caffeine they had in the morning, they might blame it on the they might blame it on, I don't know, a stressful day at work, they might blame it on the fact that they watched a television too too late at night or whatever. And, you know, this this is a, a tricky road to go down really because you can end up making all sorts of connections between all sorts of random things that really have nothing to do with your sleep whatsoever. We can always find a reason for why we didn't sleep that well that day. I I I advise people not to start making those connections really because they 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 just lead you down a road of down a rabbit hole into all sorts of all sorts of wild ideas you you'll end you'll end up never drinking coffee ever or you'll end up never drinking tea you'll end up never watching television you'll end up never allowing yourself any stress whatsoever suddenly there'll be all these rules in place and the likelihood was none of that was ever anything to do with the the lack of sleep anyway so that's the first thing i'd say is that uh, you know i don't recommend you you start looking for the what what can it have been what must it have been for why i didn't sleep tonight you know that that's not a that's not a helpful thought um but having said that the other thing i was about to say is that when it comes to relaxation um Most people assume that if you're doing relaxation for sleep, it's something you should be doing in bed and not during the day. It's it's something you do in bed. Okay, I want a relaxation method so that I can lie down in bed and get to sleep. So give me a relaxation method, the best one. And what I found is that very often this is uh, basically a case of too little, too late. And the very best thing very often you can do as far as relaxation goes is to get your relaxation done during the day. Calm down during the day, get your ed- exercise or your meditation or your yoga or whatever it is, or even just you're sitting down for 10 minutes and chilling out during the day. If you work on your, your general anxiety and background sort of tension levels during the day, when it comes to nighttime, there's not a lot left to do. So the chances of you lying there awake are, are much, much slimmer if you've, got the, if you've got the relaxation done before you've ever got anywhere near the bed. That makes sense. Sorry, there were sort of two points I made there. Why, to with it.
1: Yeah, we'll go a little bit deeper on both. Why would relaxation out of the bed help you in the bed, and and the other point as well?
0: Well, there's nothing wrong with doing a relaxation method, uh, a relaxation technique in the bed at, at all. In fact, um, you know, in the in my Sleep for Life course, I I actually recommend several of them. I've got I've got quite a lot of them. I've recorded them in my own voice. But a lot of people, a lot of people find, and I was actually one of these, that doing relaxation in bed is actually a sort of counterproductive it I, I i would almost always find that doing things in bed to make me sleep would wake me up would make things worse so the more i lay there trying desperately to relax just the more and more and more awake i would become and i see this again and again and again and i think it's because um when you lie down, you know when we go to bed at night what we're looking for is is that, that natural ability to sleep to kick in. We want that natural impulse to just override us and allow us to sleep. So we don't really want to be doing anything very much in bed at all. Um, in fact, one of the very best sort of uh, relaxation method- methods I recommend is something I call doing nothing. This is literally... Doing nothing, and it's a it's a difficult one for us to get our heads around. So I I sort of have a a process of doing nothing that I I take you through in the course, sort of a um it, it's sort of like a spoken almost almost like a technique, but I call the technique doing nothing because that's you a,
1: yell at people and say you're doing it wrong, well, wrong. That's
0: exactly what I do. I shout at them. I shout at them because it's the best way to get someone to sleep is to shout at them. <laughs> you
1: know, it's um,
0: it's yeah. I was just saying that you know. I'm what I what I'm all about is is guess is allowing that natural ability to come out and seeing that sleep is not something we have to do. Sleep is something we don't do at all. Sleep is something that happens naturally when the circumstances are right. And the right circumstances don't necessarily involve doing something in bed, like the right relaxation technique. Now for some people they love it. Great, they love it. So if if you have a relaxation if you like something to do in bed, do something in bed. But I'm also there for the people who have discovered that wow, whatever I do in bed, it just wakes me up. It just makes it worse. I can't bear it. I can't bear to do techniques in bed, so that's why I tend to recommend that when you if you if you relax during the day instead by the time you get to bed, you know you can be half asleep these days. I'm half asleep before I've even put my head on the pillow. you know I lie down, I'm asleep within seconds it's there's nothing left to do by the time i've um I've got into bed, and that that's kind of what what I'm trying to get people towards. Not having a ton of things to do in bed at the end of the day.
1: Um, what's your opinion on you know phones in bed or phones in the room or TV in the room or you know things like that? Yeah, I'm not a. How disruptive no. are they? Or
0: well, uh, this is something you know. Some people sometimes do. I, I I recommend you don't do them. I don't look at phones in bed. And I don't ever watch television in bed. Um, I have occasionally looked at my iPad in bed, but I try not to. Um, I I think it's not helpful. It, it, it's not It's not a great thing to be doing anything in bed other than sleeping. You know, I recommend that basically nothing, you don't do anything in bed except sleep or make love with your husband or your, your wife or your partner. That's Those are the only things I, I specifically really allow you to do in bed. Because anything other than that is kind of teaching your body to associate being in bed with being awake. You know, if you're checking Facebook just before you go to sleep, Your head, your bed is not associated with sleep. It's associated with all that conversation you had, or what somebody said, or some silly meme, or some annoying piece of news that you've just read. I mean, reading news in bed. I hear a lot of people do this. It's um, goodness, the news is full of too so much, so many bad messages. And the idea of reading the news just just before you go to bed. I mean, I' crazy. I can't imagine a worse preparation for sleep, really. So I recommend doing well, what it, what, as little in bed as possible.
1: What, what kind of feedback have you gotten from readers and, you know, people that you interact with? What what are some um, tough or interesting or unique cases you've had to help people on? And what was involved? Maybe a couple of case studies.
0: Well, um, yeah, it's, you know, when I wrote this, I wrote this book. Um, these years ago, I wasn't a professional writer. I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I, I didn't know how the book would be taken. I was pretty much astonished by, by just the, the level of success that's happened. Um, so I'm, I'm continually amazed just by how much I'm, it's, still, it's still helping people, that my advice is still helping people, because it just seems like common sense to me. Um, so you know, I've had a, a few interesting people. I've I think one of the one of the cases I'm most proud of is um a uh, a journalist who contacted me last year uh called Kate Edgley who's a a, a, a journalist for the Guardian newspaper here in the UK um she uh, the Guardian newspaper is I don't know if you know over there it's a very very big national newspaper one of the one of the biggest broadsheet newspapers we have in the, right. in the country and um she contacted me to say that she's overcome literally decades of insomnia, having convinced she'd convinced herself that she had some sort of genetic disposition because her, her mother had insomnia and her grandmother had insomnia. And all the women in her, som- in her family had insomnia. And she was absolutely convinced that there was a genetic link in her family. And that's why she couldn't sleep. So I, I had a bit of a chat with her and um well lo and behold she completely overcame it. Um and last year she wrote a, a big, huge long a big long article actually about her recovery, which was published in the Guardian newspaper. Um that was a cool. that was a that was a really good moment for me actually. Um I was I was very proud of that. As a result of that, I, I was asked to I was asked to appear on um, Radio 4's Woman's Hour, which is a, a very big uh BBC Radio Four, which is a it's one of the most popular radio shows in the, in the whole country. That was uh that was a great one. And just recently, actually, although I can't mention any names, but I've been contacted by a very famous TV chef who's, um, who's contacted me to say that my program's given him more good nights in the last month. I think he said than he's had in the last two years and he's possibly even going to be, um, producing a television program about that but this has a little bit hush hush so it all sounds a little bit like a, just a rumor at the moment <laughs> i'm afraid i can't give you the names but gotcha. those are hopefully there could be a tv show coming <laughs> so
1: what's uh, what what's your program like without giving the whole thing away you know what are the what's the skeleton or the framework of it
0: okay well um it's the my pr- the the, the we well, I have i've have sort of two options for people i do as i've said as you know you've talked about the book where the the book was sort of the the, the basic the, the sort of the basic cure I suppose that I, I wrote some years ago the the program the online program is um is a, goes into a little bit more depth or well, actually goes into a lot more depth and this is recorded in my own voice because I, I realize not everybody's a reader not everybody wants to sit down and read 50,000 words some people want to they want to be reassured by hearing a voice they want to know that I'm a real person they want to know that you know, this is all real. This all really happened. I really did overcome 15 years of insomnia. So I've recorded the entire program in my own voice. Um, and uh, it's a video program. And I, I tell people about my, my own story quite, quite extensively. I show them the, what they're doing. This is obviously of, often quite an eye opener. I'll, I'll go through exactly what they might be doing wrong. Uh, they'll, what, what, sorts of behaviours might actually be interfering with their sleep. And that's often when they'll start to realise, oh my goodness, I, I do this, I do that, I do all the things she's talking about. Um and having sort of shown everybody what they're what they're getting wrong, I'll I'll then show them how to get it right, <laughs> which is with a, a series of steps that have been carefully designed to address all of those sort of issues that that befall people that 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 can mess with sleep. And they're not all about sleep hygiene. I mean the sleep hygiene and the relaxation is just that really is just the beginning. The main the main crux of my of my advice is is in changing the way you think about this problem. Really, we barely talked about that, but that is that is my forte. That's where I think I'm different. Huh? That's what I'm offering the world is a way to look at this problem in a completely different way.
1: It's Well you alluded to it, that. You said um the one lady said, Oh, I thought it was genetic and uh you know that was my lot in life. So tell me a little bit about that. How do people? You know, give me some more examples. How do people think about insomnia or sleep problems, and how do you help them come around to uh, a different way?
0: Well, generally they will. Um, sometimes they think, as I, as that, that as Kate did, that she had a genetic disposition. They think that something's become, or they'll think that something's become broken in them. That there's a broken switch in their mind. That something has broken and, and, and can't go back on again. Sometimes they think they've been damaged by drugs sometimes they think they've literally caught a disease or they think there's some hidden mystery cause, like um, it's because my father left when I was eight years old and I feel betrayed or it's because, you know, I was bullied when I was 16 at, at university or, you know, they have, they'll they pin it on something and they'll be con- desperately trying to find the hidden cause of this insomnia. Now what I do is basically when people start coming to me with these stories like this, I, I, I kind of just ignore them. Um, and I'll just say, yep, yep, we've all got a story like that, basically. But follow the instructions anyway and see what happens. And it it seems to turn out that no matter what story you've got or what you are, no matter how convinced you are that some something is the cause of your insomnia, everybody just seems to, people seem, seem to recover at the same rate. It seems to have nothing to do with what your story is about. You know, some people recover faster and better than others, but it has nothing to do with what that original, call, what you assume that original cause was. So, you know, I just basically show people that they can get better. I show people within, generally within a couple of weeks, people have been getting some better sleep and they'll that, that alone is enough for them to go, huh, right, I actually had a really good sleep last night. Uh, actually, I didn't actually take any sleeping pills last night. I haven't done that in months. And that's all you need. You only need one or two nights because if you've had one or two nights of really good sleep, with no medication that means you are okay that means you are not broken that means there is nothing wrong with you that is, you your ability to sleep is still perfect and it's still there and that's basically what i get people to see that if i can get you to sleep one night i can get you to sleep another night if you can do it once you can do it for the rest of your life um well, so in
1: addition, yeah. uh, in, instead of just sleeping pills you have um people that are on opioids to sleep or you know marijuana or other things and i don't know if anyone tells yeah. you that but do you have people no, no, that they do. take those kind of drugs to sleep and uh, are you able to help them or is that a harder thing that requires more intense counseling
0: um i i, I do i do have these i do have them a lot I've, a lot of people taking marijuana to sleep an awful lot of people taking things like that people on all sorts of concoctions and yeah um i've generally with the i mean when it comes to some of some of these harder drugs i i've got to i've got to send people back to their doctors basically to get some proper advice i can't advise people to go stopping something like opioids overnight that's a really dangerous thing mm. to do but when someone's really struggling with sleep you know and i've offered them a way out they seem to very often find the way to give up that drug even something like an opi- opioid because you know the, the the wish for sleep is so strong that i think it probably overcomes the the need for the opioid almost they they they're willing to cut down if it means that at some point they're going to get they're going to get sleep in the future and they do and you know people have been on all sorts of antipsychotic drugs and psychiatric drugs i mean i'm not an expert in these i'm not am not a medical doctor so you know I, i'll always tend to send people back to their to their doctors to get advice about this but i've seen people give up some, some really nasty drugs, um, all sorts of combinations and concoctions as well. So, yeah, people come to me with, with all sorts. All
1: right. yeah. um, any other uh, interesting cases you run into or difficulties, you know, any psychological hurdles that people have? Uh, it seems like from your stories and other stories I've heard that people will have insomnia for years and decades. Uh, and it's amazing they go for that long you know, you can say, oh, your advice is common sense, but for some reason just doesn't hit home with people and they'll go for you know years, just like yourself, 15 years,
0: without they being able to
1: get out of this uh, vicious circle. So why, and I don't know, the, the, what uh, what do you think puts them in this situation?
0: What puts them in this situation, I think, is, um, yeah, I suppose that when I say common sense, it seems common sense to me now because I can see how it works, but it, it, it obviously wasn't common sense for me for 15 years, was it? So... Common sense is probably the wrong, probably the wrong way, way to put it. Really, um, it, what the reason this goes on so long? To come right back to the point I made in the beginning, the reason that insomnia can go on for thirty years, or indeed even a lifetime, is not it. People often, you know, panic when they hear that. They'll say, "Oh my God, you've said thirty years!" That, and now I think I'm going to suffer for thirty years. But the, the the reason that people suffer for so many decades is not. Does not have anything to do with the severity of their problem. It's not because they're more broken, or their insomnia is worse, or that there's something different about them. It is what they continue to do that keeps it in place. And basically, what they continue to do, generally, is to give too much attention to the problem, to do too, literally, to do too much about it. And it's a, it's a strange, it's a strange irony because I, I realize I, I'm a, you know, I'm setting myself up here as a sleep therapist but i'm I'm telling people to to pay no attention to the problem I'm telling people to basically to try to forget they've even ever had a problem in the first place I mean that is the the end point of of my therapy is for them to literally start ignoring willfully ignoring the problem to reinvent themselves as a good sleeper and good sleepers don't talk about insomnia they don't think about insomnia they don't take things for insomnia and they don't listen to people like me either so eventually you know, you basically have to turn your back on this problem. Once you've become a little bit better, you've got to take a step. I mean, I call this reinventing yourself as a good sleeper, but you've got to take a step in the direction of being a normal person, a normal sleeper. Normal sleepers do not research insomnia. They don't take sleeping pills. They don't tune into podcasts about with sleep therapists on them. (laughs) They don't, they don't, subscribe to my email to my email lists they don't read about me they don't buy more books they don't do any of these things they get on with their lives because they are ex-insomniacs now Um, they don't have insomnia they're normal good sleepers and once you can get that into a person's head there's no way they're going to they're going to suffer for 30 years because they've realized the mechanism by which they're keeping this in their lives it's the attention that keeps it in their lives once you've sorted out the background things like sleep hygiene and a bit of relaxation. The only thing that keeps it in a person's life is the thinking and the attention that you're giving to the problem. Because
1: well, I guess every night you have a chance to, uh, I don't know, reinvent yourself. But I mean, it, it could be a fresh start. Just like a good sleep will give you a fresh start for the day. You know, you can give yourself a fresh start to uh, sleep better tonight. You know, absolutely, you, you it can. It can happen. You, no problem.
0: It can. It can happen, and it, sometimes it can. It can happen that quickly when a person. For some people, the, the 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 change can be almost instantaneous. I've literally had people say, "You you know, I've read your book, and I'm I've only I'm only halfway through the book, and I'm cured. I've, I had the best sleep ever last night. And blah blah blah." And I, and no. I think, I haven't okay, I haven't actually cured you. That's not what's happened. What's happened there? I haven't done that to them. What's happened is a light bulb has gone off in their head. I've real, I've made them realize something about their problem. And when that happens, sometimes the the change can be almost instantaneous. It doesn't, of course, yeah. it's not always like that. I'm not going to pretend that every person's going to have an instant recovery like that. But, but when a person can get that click, that light bulb to go on, then, you know, they're not, they're not going to suffer for years. Yeah, they'll have a few bad nights here and there. They might have a little relapse of a little run of bad sleep here and there. That happens to everyone. It's even happened to me over the years. That happens. But once they've turned the corner and realized how this thing works, they won't suffer for decades. That's finished. Then that this chronic insomnia thing is over.
1: You know what's funny is when you said that uh, hearing about insomnia for so many years can scare people and make them think that they're going to have a problem for years. It reminds me when I was little, I, I I saw stories in the news about people that like the man that hiccup for thirty years. So every time I got hiccups, I'd be afraid that what happens if it doesn't stop and I hiccup for thirty years? It just reminded me of that.
0: Absolutely, it's it it happened <laughs> that. <laughs> that's that's not a that's quite a common story in fact it happened to me I remember I remember early on early on in my insomniac career when I I was on breakfast television and somebody somebody mentioned that they'd had insomnia for 30 years and I remember it frightened the life out of me because I just I remember just thinking oh my god this do you mean I might never get over this you mean this this could go on forever it didn't cross my mind that you know that wouldn't be the case for me um People people do this, you know people have, have remarked to me that insomnia is ca- certain types of insomnia are catching because they hear about someone else's story, and it's almost like they then that their, their problem be beca- gets, they, they take on someone else's problem, you know they'll hear about some completely different type of insomnia like oh this type of per- this person you know can only um wakes up really early in the mornings, they fall asleep, but they wake up really yeah. early, and that might not have been their problem until that point, but suddenly they've heard about it, and then that'll become their problem. Because um, mm-hmm. because the mind is so suggestive, so suggestive mm-hmm. like that. Just like you said with a hiccuping problem. <laughs> but but luckily you didn't. I, I'm assuming you didn't have a 30 year hiccuping problem.
1: <laughs> no, but to this day I still think about that. Every once you when know, it's very rare that it happens, but uh, it's always in my mind when when it does happen. which is sad, but uh, thank goodness it didn't. You know, I guess it traumatized me, but it, uh luckily it never happened to me. <laughs> but, yeah. But something like that can traumatize you, it's weird. You don't think about it. You know
0: absolutely yep yep yeah i used to worry uh, yeah. bizarrely i used to worry about my hair falling out i remember I used to see people with alopecia and, and think that's going to happen mm-hmm. to me and i almost the more i worried about it i could almost feel my scalp tingling it was like almost i could feel yeah. my hair falling out you know and, and oh, it, right. again it never happened to me but it's almost like i i, I live in fear that one of these days it's going to happen to me because i know the more i think about it the more likely it's going to happen so crazy yeah, <laughs>
1: i had to tell myself i remember uh you know in regards to sleeping a few times i couldn't sleep but i got better obviously but uh i had to tell myself you know you've been falling asleep for 40 plus years why would it stop now and that was kind of helpful to me to say that to myself you know
0: that's really that's it basically yeah you're born able to sleep and you know if you could sleep any if you've had any good sleep during your life it's nothing nothing breaks you know there is no there's nothing in there that 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 stops you there is no disease called insomnia there's there's nothing you catch there's nothing that breaks if you slept for 45 years you'll <laughs> you can sleep again
1: you think um i've heard a few people talk about it as if it's um not a point of pride but in a way it is have you ever experienced that where people i don't know they talk about it as if it's like this emotional crutch they've developed and that they have some sort of like perverse pride in it or badge in, of the honor. Ins- I don't know.
0: in the insomnia it itself bad? you mean Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I was one of them. I, Richard, I was one of them. I mean, I was, I, I talk about this in the book about the way I, you know, you, you end up sort of boasting about your, your problem. You know, I, I, I used hmm. to, I used to, you, you end up exaggerating it. And um, it's funny that people who've written to me, and it makes them laugh sometimes to hear that, to hear this, because they recognize it in themselves, you know, you'll start to tell your insomnia story to someone, someone you've just met. And, you know, you'll find yourself exaggerating and saying, Oh yeah, I went I remember I used to say, I went nine days without sleep. I don't know where that came from. I never went nine days without sleep. I'd probably be dead if I went nine day nine whole days without any sleep at all. But I, yeah. I remember I remember I used to repeat that because I wanted people to see that this was a really serious problem, you know. This is this is not just some little ordinary little insomnia. I, I needed to make people realise this was really bad. So I'd end up boasting about it, I'd end up exaggerating it. It was didn't feel like lies but i suppose it was really um and that yeah you people have a, a you know they get attached to the this problem it becomes like an identity for them you know it's it's this is who i am I, i'm an insomniac i suffer i struggle i struggle more than ordinary people and you need to know that about me i understand it completely i i was there i know exactly how that yeah. feels but it is it is so, so destructive. It's so harmful to your ability to sleep, to actually be creating this identity in your mind as a, um, as that's just basically who you are. I'm an insomniac. That's me. I, I can't do anything about it. I, 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 it, it's, it's, it's part of who I am. Um, and you know, part of my program is all about crushing that. Basically. I want that to crumble. I want that gone. That insomniac in, in identity needs to go. Um,
1: it's great. Yeah, you put better words to it than
0: I could. But yeah, it makes it <laughs> and okay. the funny thing is, I'm not the only one talking about insomniac identity. I, I talked about insomniac identity. God, ten years ago when I wrote that book. But um, oh no, well, can I remember the reference? Probably not. I think it's the University of Alabama. Possibly have just re- released a a doctor called Lischstein, I think it was called. Um, is has actually studied the notion of insomniac identity. You know, there's actually. Uh, medical research being done into this now, and they're discovering that people who have a strong insomniac identity they suffer more, um, whether or not they got more or less sleep than someone who doesn't have an insomniac identity. So the actual oh, wow. uh, insomniac identity itself is almost causing is causing you to suffer more. So mm-hmm. you need know, take two people with the exact same sleep, one who considers themselves an insomniac, and the other one who doesn't. The ins- one who considered yeah. themselves an insomniac will be having a a much more miserable life basically and and it will be affecting them a lot worse um, yeah, pretty sure the fellow's called Lisch, Lischstein. um Listein i'm not sure exactly how and I think it's the University of Alabama if somebody wants to look up that paper
1: okay well, very good well what's the best way for people to uh get in contact with you or get your books or your courses, and what should they do?
0: Well, probably just go to the um. You can go to my to, to the website, the Sleep for Life website. I have two websites actually. There's SashaStevens.com, or you can go to Sleep for Life. That's SleepFOrLife.com. That will give you uh, there are links there to the book and to the to the course itself, um, to the to the online video course, which is uh, which is one port of call. Or you could just go to Amazon, search for my name, Sasha Stevens. There are three books on sleep. Uh, the one you'll probably want is the Effortless Sleep Method, which is the most famous and the most, the most well-read one. Just search on Amazon or any other, any other online bookstore and you'll find it.
1: That's great. Well, Sasha, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
0: No problem, Richard. It's been a pleasure.
1: You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues.